in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. This is part two of our observance of the 10th anniversary of the Paracast. We're having one of our famous listener roundtables. And those of you who have complained about the lack of female participation in our forums in the show, we do have a great participant in our forums. Welcome, Sue, to the Paracast. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Our other guests this week, our listener roundtable, includes Stoneheart, whom we call David, very regular participant, and he's calling from his palatial estate in New Zealand. Is that right? <laughs> Uh, not quite, Gene, but um, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me along. It's going to be an awesome few hours. And to continue the international flavor of this episode, we have Randall, known as Ufology, from Canada. Hi there, everybody. This is your first Skype connection with us, isn't it? It is, and uh, I'm hearing that it's better than my landline. It is for the most part. Now, sometimes if you have a really, really bad internet connection, it can be awful because there's, you know, some what of an amount of bandwidth that you use. So that is could be the problem if you have a really bad mic. That could be a problem. But everybody sounds great. That's good. Because of the international flavor of this episode, Canada, New Zealand, plus, you know, one guest from America, I'm going to ask two of you a question which is somewhat political, but since we get into politics when we deal with the paranormal and what governments might know, it might be appropriate. So, David, I know that you're going to have to hold your tongue a little bit about this, as you've warned me already. What yeah. is the reaction of people in New Zealand, of people on the other side of the world, to Trump mania in America? What do you think about us? I, I really think you're a bunch of idiots, and frankly, um, Trump needs to be given a nice helicopter ride very high and pushed out of it. You've got to see that he's a complete idiot. <laughs> so I, I'm holding my tongue very much here because um, there's a lot of very nasty words I'd like to use. <laughs> it's a huge, huge temptation to go where we shouldn't go. <laughs> it's a huge, nasty word, but I'll tell you what, folks. In After the Paracast, which is our special premium podcast that's part of the Paracast Plus, we'll continue the discussion, and if any of you want to participate there too, there is no restriction on language, whatever. Superb. <laughs> Randall, what do the people in Canada think about your southern neighbor with Trump mania? Well, I like to keep it fairly clean, but in this case... With Trump, I think the guy is pretty much insane. I mean, this is the guy that's going to be carrying around the football, you know, the suitcase with the nuclear launch codes in it. Now, I don't know how anybody in their right mind would want this guy to be in control of the button that causes the next nuclear war, because all you have to do is tick him off a little bit, and the next thing you know, you're fired. And boom, there goes the world. Well, you think about this... In his case, when he says you're fired, there will be fire. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know how people can even seriously consider him as a candidate. Okay, Sue, as the one listener who is an American, what do you yes. think? Well, I noticed uh, 
something in the news about how Google's search uh, for how to move to Canada is trending now. And I think that's about all I feel safe saying on the topic as an American. Well, you know, one of the things here is that, as some of you know, my wife has very opposite political views to mine. Somehow it works. We've been married nearly 40 years, so we're still at it. But she watches Fox News. Pregnant pause. I rag on her for it, but okay, she's entitled to her opinions. She says to me, you know what? I'm looking at countries we could move to if this guy gets elected. Whoa. Another pregnant pause. Mm. Well, you could move down here, Jeannie, if you like. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty nice wee place to live. <laughs> well, I think if I could afford the traveling expenses, I might consider it. And the earthquakes. <laughs> yeah, the earthquakes. Yeah, they do come as part of the package there, mate. <laughs> well, that's the reason why my wife doesn't want to move to California. She's afraid of the earthquakes. Oh, you're guaranteed them down here. <laughs> they get pretty bad? Yeah, they have been of late. We're just the end of a very long sequence that started in 2010, and we're still getting spikes every once in a while. We just had a big 4.2 about two weeks ago. But it doesn't sound like much of a quake, but the problem is they're very shallow. So, yeah, and they're pretty much directly underneath the city. So, yeah. yeah, Christ just Wait. got wiped out, what, three years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, five. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah, 22nd of February, 2010, a really big one. <laughs> so, right underneath the city and extremely shallow. Um, it, it changed life around here a wee bit. Okay, so the obvious logical question to ask, folks, since you're new to the show, and we've had Randall on before several times, I'm going to ask each of you how you got drawn into what we might call the paranormal subject or a mess, however you choose to do it. David, how did it happen for you? Actually, probably like a lot of um, people, and maybe, maybe not, uh, it really was an experience when I was a kid, uh, traveling between Christchurch and a little place called Kaiteriteri up in um, the northern part of the South Island. We used to travel in summertime and the early hours of the morning. And whereas we were driving up through a little area called Waikari, um, the Weka Pass, and just leading up to the Weka Pass area, there is a um, very long straight. They're sitting there in the back of the car, father's driving, mother's asleep in, 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 the, in the passenger seat, my sister's asleep next to me, and sit there watching a star just off in the, um, just over the hills. And the star decided to move. <laughs> so I suppose that sort of resonated me for years to come, you know, when I started to uh, find out about things called UFOs, and that sort of popped back into my mind. It's like, that was very odd. Stars aren't really supposed to move, now are they? So, uh, now, whether it was an airplane or not, I don't know, but it certainly got me interested. So, it's probably my first experience and what got me interested in the paranormal, and I've been interested ever since. So, that about covers that. Sue, how about you? Boy, I'm a f- sorry about that. That sounded like a silly rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I was always interested in the occult and the paranormal since I was a kid. I like reading ghost stories and stories about the occult. And I kind of got into it more as a spiritual type thing. Nowadays, it's called the paranormal. It's kind of like you do it with scientific instruments and research and all that. But for me, it was more about... Um, just studying things like the Kabbalah. There's actually a college course I took in the occult. This was early 80s. 
And I kind of got into it through that avenue. And then when the paranormal podcast world started flourishing in, well, you know, in, in the past 10 years, I started to kind of expand my agenda and got interested in a lot more aspects like, for instance, UFOs, which I've never had any personal experience with. Now, when it comes to UFOs, do you have any particular theory that you favor, or are you still going with the float? I have no idea. Right now, I'm thinking a lot about co-creation, but I can't say that I even know what that entails. Um, I guess I'd say I'm kind of not enamored of the ETH, but especially from not having personal experiences, I don't know what to think at this point. Just to let you know, folks, we have another radio show, as I mentioned, called After the Paracast. It's an exclusive feature of the Paracast Plus. Plus, we give you the ad-free version of this show. And we're adding a new attraction, which is we're going to go through the ads in the original classic episodes of the show dating back to 2006. And they will be posted in slightly better-sounding versions in Paracast Plus. For more information, go to plus.theparacast.com, P-L-U-S.theparacast.com. The Listener Roundtable continues. You're in... The Paracast. I know that a lot of our listeners are interested in UFOs, the issue of giant skeletons found in America, paranormal investigations, and what the top researchers think about such topics. One online magazine has been presenting such unusual information since 1985. It is Alternate Perceptions Magazine at apmagazine.info. Use their search function to find articles on just about every topic imaginable. That's apmagazine.info. Info. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1 886 3653. That's 1 886 3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. Attention citizens, this man has received national attention for accurately predicting every major financial trend, including the market crash of 2008. His name is Harry Dent. 
And in his newly released book, he is making even bigger and bolder predictions that have the potential to devastate the world economy and your personal wealth. You can get a free copy of Harry Dent's bestseller, The Demographic Cliff, containing never-before-published information by simply visiting www.harrydentresearch.com. Again, that's www.harrydentresearch.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.contractorexam.com today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. This is our first listener roundtable for 2016 as we continue observing the 10th anniversary of the Paracast. They said it couldn't be done. Our listeners are Sue, Stoneheart, and of course, Ufology, joining Gene and Chris. So that's where we are. Now, Randall, you have always impressed me as somewhat of a ETH believer. Is that still true? I do think it's the most likely explanation, but like everyone else, I'm not really certain that that's the explanation. It just seems like the most logical one to me. Explain why it's the most logical. Because we've looked around pretty much every place on Earth that we can, and we haven't been able to find the infrastructure required to build the kind of ships that have been reported and we haven't had the technology available to us for long enough to be able to build them ourselves here either. So whether they're some secret society or built by some unknown civilization, it just seems really unlikely that they're coming from Earth. In addition to that, there's a number of people, authors, uh, Howard Bloom, for example, one of them, who talks about an insider within the government who works with the satellite tracking systems who's apparently, according to his insider information, has seen these things coming into our atmosphere from outer space as well. And it just seems to make the most sense in either case, whether you believe that story or not. David, what about you? I'm very much uh, like Randall. 
I'm an engineer, so I've got a very logical mind on it. I'm very nuts and bolts. Uh, and, of course, there are our hypotheses where we've all sort of um, listened to the Paracast and seen other shows. We've got alternative ideas um, of where these things come from. However, I always seem to come back to nuts and bolts. It just seems to make sense to me. And maybe that's just my logical mind wanting to try to make some scientific sense of what we're actually seeing. Um, will we ever know? I don't know. But... I still strongly believe that it is nuts and bolts. And even from a couple of my own experiences, I think we're dealing with something that is actually a physical reality as opposed to something a little bit more ethereal. How about detailing those experiences? Uh, and I did post on a, it was a private one for a few of you guys on the um, Paracast a few years back now um, outside with um, Meredith. We're sitting there just having a cup of tea at, um, late at night in the summertime and... Um, Lo and behold, we see a light move down through the sky and then start moving across very, very slow speed. Just one single color was sort of a, a luminous sort of orangey white, um, although the video doesn't show that up because I did have presence of mind to run in the door quickly and grab the, the smartphone and try and start filming it. Absolutely dead silent, going at crossways to the wind, so about 90 degrees to the, um, the wind flow. And went straight over the top of the house, completely silent. It didn't pulse, it was just... One color, absolutely silent, um, below the cloud deck. And it sort of started making me think, mm, this has come from high up. It's, come, it's obviously come down from up in the atmosphere. And it's, it's traveling along slowly. I, I, I just couldn't see that as being man-made. It didn't move like a man-made object. It made absolutely no noise. So I, I'm thinking nuts and bolts. And maybe I'm wrong. Somebody can prove me wrong. I, I don't know. So that's, that's about all I've really got to say on that. <laughs> I love the diversity of opinion. It's great. That's why these roundtables are so much fun because, you know, we all are approaching this subject from unique life experiences and how that life experience colors our thinking, I think, is, uh, is an important foundational element to how we look at all these things. And, um, and I, I really appreciate uh, everybody's uh, candor and welcome to uh, the roundtable. And uh, it's good to have Sue here. You're our first uh, female participant in a roundtable discussion, and we need more uh, smart, up-to-speed thinkers like you on the show. And, uh, you know, any suggestions that our listeners have or you have would be uh, greatly appreciated. We do have a Phyllis Buddinger coming up uh, in the not-too-distant future. Um, I've talked with Joan Bird, who's a in investigator researcher up in Montana. And we have some other uh, possibilities uh, looming on the horizon. So we're going to try to open this up and get... Uh, you know, get as diversified as we possibly can, and and I think this show is a good uh, is a good start for the year. Sue, I wanted to ask you something here, and this goes back to what we were talking about in our episode last week, our tenth anniversary show with Paul Kimball, Greg Bishop, and Gogs Mackay, and that is, it seems that in large part the UFO field is like an old boys club. Why is it that maybe fewer females? seem to be interested. And that's true about the Paracast, too, because I look at the demographics. Is there something we're doing that's wrong, that's offending women? Well, you know, it's hard to say. I'm probably of an age of the old boys club generation, so I don't have any, like, authoritative answer to this just because I'm female. But if I were to guess, I would say there's a historical artifact at work here in that 1947 Roswell the beginning of the atomic era, the, this culture of that era, 
was kind of like where the males were the scientists and the professionals and the women were pretty much kept out of STEM disciplines and out of any kind of public discourse about science, let alone weird stuff. But the other thing is you did have women participating and probably like say Anne Druffel, um, Linda Moulton Howe, there's, there are major women figures There's probably a lot more that aren't seen or heard about too much simply because like the standard the the standard approach to looking at women's role is they did a lot of the unseen jobs. They're still there doing the work, but they're just not seen or acknowledged. So that's my guess, probably more as a sociologist than as necessarily a, a female. All right. That explains a lot. And I think we're going to make the next 10 years more inclusive because the part of the problem with the UFO field in general is that it's not attracting younger people. And that might be another subject we should deal with. I also want to ask you all about abductions because it's such a contentious topic. So let's get into that, Sue. Younger people. And all of us, without mentioning ages, are over 21. A little bit. Yes. A little bit over 21. We're not going to reveal how old. I'm as old as the hills. And as Brad Steiger once said, I was here before the dinosaurs roamed the earth. Okay? So, I understand that. So, Sue, what do you think we should be doing or thinking, and we can continue this answer in the next segment, to attract younger people to come here and not just Comic-Con? Go to Comic-Con. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't know how to do that, but there's probably a way. I think you have to meet people where, where they are. So you have to figure out where they are. And I have some ideas about that based on the younger people I know, but not, a, you know, it's, it's hard to say. It's a difficult issue to tackle. But I think going to Comic-Con might, might be the answer or one of them. Set up a UFO area there. Yeah. That's a good idea. Well, we're going to go here for a second and we'll be back. We've got Sue, we've got Ufology, we've got Stoneheart, with more to come with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. (laughs) Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. 
Is negative content or comments on the web affecting your personal or professional reputation? Unfavorable comments, embarrassing pictures, videos, legal documents, and negative articles can ruin your personal life, your career, or your business. It happens a lot, and it's just not fair. But what can you do? ReputationDefender.com can help protect your good name. Get a free consultation now. Call 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Call right now for a free expert reputation analysis. It's easy to squash the unfair attacks with our patented system, and the analysis is absolutely free. Make the best things about you jump out in searches. Protect your personal and professional reputation, your business, and your income. Get your free reputation analysis from ReputationDefender.com right now. Call 800-831-0771. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com today. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. As if chlorine in our water weren't bad enough, now they're adding ammonia? It's true. Some municipalities are now adding ammonia plus chlorine to your water supply. It's a disinfectant called chloramine. But with a trusted Big Berkey water filter, you can keep chloramine out of your water. New NSF EPA certified lab tests show EPA Berkey water filters remove chloramines, pharmaceuticals, BPA, pesticides, bacteria and viruses, all forms of fluoride, and much more. Big Berkey water filters are the original and most trusted on the market. The gold standard in water purification. And our filters last for years at less than two cents per gallon. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get your Big Berkey today. Call 1-877-99-BERKEY or click BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Okay, well, the laughter, I don't know where that came from, but... Nick, Nick Redford. I think, yeah, Nick is here in spirit. Yeah. That's what's happening, that's what's happening. So, David, since we got you up there, what can we do to attract more younger people to explore the paranormal, and specifically UFOs? Well, funny you should ask that, because I teach young people. So um, That's why I asked. Good point. Um, the interesting thing is that they are interested in it. But how do I put it? As far as they're concerned, ET exists. They don't see a problem. They've been brought up with it in, in you know, science, um, sci-fi, fan fiction, etc. 
the young people themselves, I think, in a lot of ways, look at it as, as a phenomenon that actually exists. Um, they read, they've been brought up with so much sort of sci-fi, fan fiction, Star Wars, etc., that as far as they're concerned, it's a phenomenon they don't really see much point in looking to in some respects because as far as they're concerned, it's real. So they just carry on with their lives. I'm, and maybe I'm wrong with that, but that's sort of how I see it. And certainly some of my students talk about it. Um, I don't tend to get involved in the conversations. But, um, yeah, I, I think they just don't see it as something that's relevant to their daily life. And I do like the idea of looking at Comic-Con because that may actually be a way of actually getting the, um, the younger generations involved in the field and starting to look at it from um, a research point of view. You know what? Maybe what we should be doing is getting in touch with Alejandro Rojas. Maybe I should, we have lunch occasionally, and maybe I should tell him on our next lunch meeting. Maybe Open Minds needs to find a way to open a presence at Comic-Con. That sounds like something that might be interesting. Be a very good idea to do that. Yeah, I've often thought about how we'd actually try and get the um, younger generations to get into this. And I think the idea of actually going along to their stomping ground. I mean, certainly you see sort of subreddits and bits and pieces on the subject. And, and there's certainly younger people who are interested in it. But um, I, trying to get them along to the Paracast, now that would actually be the coup. You know, get them to actually get involved with some of us who have been into the subject for a very long time and sort of try and sort of bring some fresh ideas and fresh views into it and, and stop dragging out their the Roswell cases constantly. Um, I think that's uh, kind of done and dusted and a bit dead, personally. Sorry to bring up the R word. <laughs> well, that's okay. Is it better than the RS word? Randall, what about you? What do you think about getting younger people involved in this field? Because I hate to see all this stuff, all the things we've spent so much of our lives studying, and have it kind of disappear when we vanish from this earthly plane. It depends on what you mean by getting involved these days. There's so much going on online and if you look at the various forums, including the Paracast and Bob Top Secret and so on, there's a lot of people who talk about it already. The question is, really, how much does it impact their daily lives? Like David says, and unless somebody actually sees one of these things and has a firsthand experience, they don't really get this sort of life-changing impression from it that witnesses who've been exposed to it do. Uh, what? I did set up a table at a sci-fi convention once, and uh, I got quite a few people who were sort of interested in the subject, but I also had a group who approached me and sort of harassed me at my tables, uh, making fun of me to some degree, uh, saying, well, at least we know the difference between fact and fiction. So, although there's people in sci-fi conventions and Comic-Con, and they don't necessarily take it seriously as a real phenomena well part of the thing is traditionally even though you think there'd be some some kind of simpatico here science fiction people dislike people in the ufo field maybe because they want to feel that however wacky a sci-fi story might be there is a basis of sound science but when you're trying to get ufo people involved with science fiction people, over the years, it hasn't worked out so well. A lot of us have tried, and it just doesn't happen. I mean, it's not that some sci-fi people aren't heavily responsible in the UFO field. Probably the number one person being Ray Palmer, who was very famous in sci-fi circles. 
until, of course, he introduced the Schaefer mystery in the 40s. And then it's probably one of the principal architects of the early UFO legend by dint of his promoting Kenneth Arnold, doing a book with Kenneth Arnold, having Flying Saucers magazine and Fate magazine. Yet he was a major figure in sci-fi. Yeah, and of course, then we've got the opposite with Arthur C. Clarke, who, of course, was quite a skeptic on the matter. Well, of course, that's traditional. Isaac Asimov, of course, didn't believe in UFOs either. You know, they want to be conservative about their real science, quite liberal or imaginative about their faux science, but still imagine there's a real basis for it. But there's really nothing unscientific about the possibility of interstellar travel. Oh, no, Any great. scientist. Yeah, there's a story out this week that some scientists want to set up a crowdfunding Kickstarter campaign to build a prototype for a antimatter engine. Have you guys heard about this? Yeah, sure have. Great news. Great news. <laughs> yeah, it's just finding the antimatter, I suppose, would be a big problem there. <laughs> we just need those dilithium crystals. <laughs> mm. that would be fun though imagine traveling of course they say it would only travel at 40% of the speed of light so we're not talking about warp drive here folks we're talking about an antimatter engine and if you can keep the darn thing from exploding uh, but this, that'd be interesting there are hundreds of billions of stars in our own galaxy and hundreds of billions of galaxies oh come on what fun so many places to go <laughs> <laughs> so little time but some of us you know unless we do go with warp drive wow. we're too old to take this trip so i'm a big trekkie as well gene um yeah star trek not star wars sorry sorry mike sorry everybody <laughs> i am definitely a big tricky fan grew up with it grew up watching it uh, in on, on the mornings here in tv in, in new zealand on black and white it was still black and white tv in the 1970s here in new zealand i know and um yeah, it, I suppose it, that gave me my love of sci-fi, and, and partly, I suppose, it leads into the paranormal subject as well for UFOs. And it's just, and, and I think for some of my students, it's like that as well. They're all very much into Star Wars and, and into that sort of thing. And maybe that's a good lead-in to getting them interested in um, the um, UFO subject and the paranormal and, as a whole, just to circle things back a wee bit there. It's interesting here how so many scientists want to duplicate things from Star Trek. I mean, there's experimentation in matter transports, a transportation machine. Obviously, we have cell phones and Mm. iPhones and Android phones, which are very much now, I guess, like tricorders. Oh, look. Definitely. When you look at it, as long as you can work out the maths and the physics of the maths, it becomes an engineering problem. When things become an engineering problem, that's solvable. And that's my personal opinion on it. But from an engineer's point of view, that's the way I see it. If you can show me the math and show me that it works on paper, then given time, you can work out how to do it from an engineering problem. Sue, are you much into science fiction at all? I was, as a teenager, heavily, heavily into science fiction. Isaac Asimov, Robert Heinlein. After a certain point, I kind of dropped away from that, although I remain a devoted Trekkie. Um, and, yeah, some of, the, some of the TV shows, like 
Blake Seven, um, the whole Trek universe. So uh, not so much nowadays, except living in that ideal world of kind of the en- Enterprise spaceship. Now, as some of you might have heard, there was a new Star Trek series is going to be on CBS, but they're mostly going to stream it on CBS All Access after the first episode. And one of the people involved in that is Nicholas Meyer, who was a producer, writer, and director of Star Trek II Wrath of Khan, considered to be probably the best Star Trek movie. So Nicholas Meyer is going to be involved. So there you go. In any case, we've got our listener roundtable. We've got Stoneheart. We've got Sue. We've got Ufology. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Conspiracy Journal is your number one source for the hidden world of the weird and strange. We bring you thought-provoking and controversial material for free-thinking individuals who are seeking what is really going on in our world today. Some of this material may adversely affect you. Other pieces are meant to enlighten. Either way, be prepared to be intrigued by such things as the reality of UFOs, ghosts, strange creatures from time and space, hidden conspiracies, time travel, Nikola Tesla, suppressed technology, and a whole lot more. You can find out more by visiting our website at conspiracyjournal.com. There you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter sent directly to your email address. Find out what they don't want you to know. $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Don't know what's in your drinking water? Better get a ProPure. With the Pro One G 2.0 all-in-one filter, remove over 200 contaminants, including fluoride and lead. Taste water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure water filtration products. There's a ProPure system for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details on our current free shipping special or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. My name is Don Wiskin. In 1994, I lost my 62-year-old father to complications of bypass surgery. In 1977, my 44-year-old brother was found dead in his apartment. He suffered a heart attack. 
In January of 98, my mother had a stroke and passed away in her bed. 21 days later, my 53-year-old brother passed away on his arrival to the hospital. He waited too long. In June that same year, I almost joined them at 42. What did I do? I took a seven-herb formula I now call Extendivite made from garlic, cayenne, bilberry, ginkgo biloba, hawthorn, milk thistle, and valerian. Based on German studies of natural medicine, Extendivite is designed to clear blocked arteries, clean the toxins from your blood, and improve your immune system. To get your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website, heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. They do it better than we do, Chris. We should just record all their, the Paracast stingers, and you and I will retire from that. What do you think? No. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we could do little clips and uh, and put them in there. Sure, why not? Okay, I think we'll set up that way. Maybe some kind of loop carousel or something. Where every time we play it, there'll be a different voice. Yeah, and back, probably- back to the old cart days in the radio station where you plug in your cart. Oh, they- my God. <laughs> oh, do I remember those? Do yeah. I remember those? Because I came out of real radio. Yeah. I mean, this uh, is real radio. We're on real radio stations and everything. But, yeah, that was... A fascinating time. You know, Gene, I remember those things when I was doing work in television, and when they broke, they were a pain in the bum to fix. Yes. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Now, folks who don't understand what we're talking about, remember the days of eight-track and four-track tapes? These little cartridges? Well, the cartridges used by radio stations were the same thing. So you'd pop them into this cart machine, and you'd have several. And you'd bounce back and forth to do your commercials or your stingers or something like that. When they broke and suddenly you've got to put on an ad for the local supermarket or something. And suddenly the cart doesn't work or the cart is broken. And you'd have to take the thing apart manually and splice together the tape sometimes to make it work. And even worse, now this is something that people probably know. And this is true with the Paracast, by the way, even though we adhere to clean language, we don't use the seven dirty words, they have a seven-second delay on us because the radio stations need that time to take out something that's a mistake or something. They don't want to get caught with the FCC, although things are much more liberal now. But in the old days, to have a seven-second delay on a talk show, you used a cart machine where it would have seven seconds of tape and loop around and you'd start and you'd have to count back seven seconds and start talking seven seconds before the commercial ends so that as soon as your 
conversation began, it was in sync. Really confusing. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Probably not. I do. (laughs) Yeah, same here, Gene. I I know what you're talking about. (laughs) I remember eight tracks, yeah. Same concept, but it's the timing element that, uh, as Gene just described, uh, really, you had to be on your toes. You could not, you had to always be on your A game. Definitely. I've had a few of them die on me in the middle of um, uh, shows. It, it's not pretty when they start calling for a particular sting role in the middle of a, a, a kid's show and you're going, it's not working, and the directors are starting to throw stuff. No, not a lot of fun. <laughs> and something always breaks. Oh, yes. <laughs> you see, even nowadays when everything is digital and the normal radio stations are sitting there with a bank of computers, things sometimes don't work. We've had one or two instances, for example, even though... This should be pretty seamless. We've had a couple of times over the years where they'll start playing the Paracast or my other show, The Tech Night Out Live, and suddenly you're hearing last week's segment. (laughs) If it's computers, then that is obviously uh, human error. Definitely. Let's get to the most troubling subject in UFO research, the one that breeds the most hate and contempt on the Paracast forums. And, Sue, I'll have you talk to us first about this. UFO abductions. Do you have any basic opinion about it before we go on? Well, I'll tell you. um, When I started listening to the Paracast four or five years ago, I completely wrote off this notion that people were being abducted by UFOs. From the little bit I knew about it, it just seemed to me to be entirely artifacts of hypnotic regression sessions or what have you but then actually listening to enough people talk has changed my mind to thinking that people are having these really unusual experiences that they don't know what's going on so i've moved my position a little bit and it's something that's come to intrigue me more i'm not going to say that nothing is happening because clearly people are being affected by something as far as i can tell Do you have any particular reaction vis-a-vis the major players, Kathleen Martin, the late Bud Hopkins, Dr. David Jacobs? Yeah, yeah. um, Well, I have a lot of reactions. And I guess I, I would say I don't consider Jacobs' work to be of much value for understanding either the abduction experience or the broader narrative he claims to be putting forward. And the same with Hopkins. I mean, that's my personal opinion. It's, you know, I think there's a lot of problems with the research there. But one thing I've been really thinking about lately is for all the people who have built their identity on, around these experiences and these kind of successive interpretations of their experiences, it's not enough just to say we have to stop doing this. You also have to help people um, you can't just take their basis for their identity away from them. It's kind of like, how, how can you ask someone to do that? So there's there's a lot of open-ended questions there about how like American ufology can come back from what may be a potentially dreadful error with the use of hypnotic regression in studying abduction experiences. Well, I think a lot of us are worried about hypnotic regression in general. And frankly speaking, I do not 
ever want to be hypnotized. I don't care if it's from a trained professional psychiatrist. Stay away from my mind. It's crazy enough and it's muddled enough as it is. Agreed. I would add, though, hypnosis is a really interesting phenomena, and um, I don't think we should dismiss it from careful study and and use altogether. It just needs to be understood better and used better, maybe with a little bit less of a mythic overlay. But something really strange does go on with hypnosis. I just don't believe that we have a very good grasp of what it is. Randall, what's your reaction to abductions? I tend to have much the same sentiment as Sue there, actually. I do believe that something strange is going on. People are having genuine experiences. What exactly they are, I'm not sure. I think uh, that probably the most respected researcher, in my opinion, was John Mack. And he tended to think the same thing. He was noncommittal about exactly what was going on, but seem to be a believer in alien visitation. And if you're a believer in alien visitation, whether it be the ETH or whatever the case may be, then it seems reasonable from there to say that, well, why are they coming here? Maybe they're studying us. If they're studying us, that might be a reason to abduct the occasional human being for research purposes. So it's not beyond the realm of possibility. It's just that on a case-by-case basis, because there's so little material evidence, we really can't be as certain, for example, as other things like radar visual cases, where people actually spot UFOs on radar, send a jet up, the pilot sees it, and so on, and then it streaks off into the distance. The thing that bothers me about abductions amongst all the problems, problems with hypnotic regression, etc., is the repetition How many Earth people does E.T. have to kidnap and examine before they've done it all? (laughs) How many times do they have to do that? Why repeat it over and over again? Certainly you can separate into male, female, different racial origins, things like that, and get a pretty good picture of what humans are all about. You don't have to do it over and over again That's what bothers me, in addition to everything else. I think, actually, that a really good case can be made for why it would be done over and over again. For example, it's not uncommon for people here on Earth who study animals to study actual families of animals uh, in the wild, their offspring, and so on. Yeah, but that's one family, not thousands. In other words, choose a representative sample. And follow those families through their lives or whatever you need to do, but you don't have to do it thousands of times. Well, that's true. But we also have hundreds of scientists doing this right now with various different uh, subjects. So repeating experiments over time also gives us an idea of what's going on over time as well. It actually isn't really a problem for me at all. We're doing our listener roundtable, the first one for 2016. Still observing the 10th anniversary of the Paracast. We're still here. We've got Sue. We've got Randall, known as Ufology in our forums. We have David, who, of course, is known as Stoneheart. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. You are listening. 
listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-618. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, we continue with our listener roundtable with Ufology, Sue, and Stoneheart. And we're going to get to some of your questions, listeners, as we progress. But Chris O'Brien had a comment first. Go ahead, please. Well, I think the idea of replicating data, you know, coming back, uh, doing a, a um, you know, a timeline type uh, program. And in, in terms of how many subjects have been apparently selected, uh, there may be a methodology that, that we don't fully understand or, or couldn't even possibly understand at work. And maybe there's some sort of uh, rationale uh, for having so many uh, people uh, being allegedly abducted and, um, and also multi-generational cases, which I actually had one that was quite fascinating. But the one thing that's always bothered me, I mean, you know, the fact that people are, are reporting this is, you know, let's, let's say that that's a given, that there's definitely something going on that's other. The actual level of technology it seems that that the experimentations and how they're described by by the uh, abductees it mirrors a little less than cutting edge medical technologies 
on this planet. And the fact that nobody um, has ever mentioned nanotechnology, no one's mentioned uh, DNA, uh, instead of scooping out you know, chunks of flesh, why don't they just swab uh, inside your cheek? You know, it, some of it just sounds medieval, and it's almost like uh, some sort of torture chamber set up to, to elicit some sort of a primal fear-based response. And, uh, you know, that might might be one of the, you know, the MOs that they're employing. Maybe they, you know, I've heard people say, yeah, they feed off negative emotions and maybe they're just recharging their uh, <laughs> their batteries by freaking people out and sitting there. Maybe it's sexual for them. Maybe it, it gets them off to get this charge of fear uh, on some energetic level. I know I'm riffing here, but what do you guys think about the level of technology. Why is it so medieval? Why doesn't it even come up to the um, cutting edge uh, level of technology that we currently employ? Uh, what's wrong with that? Oh, I'm glad you brought up this point because it's something that seems to come up all the time in this particular um, sort of area. I, I'm not sure they have much more to add than what everybody else here has done so far, but I can see how people start to get onto that whole, and I'm not a proponent of this, the whole demonic side of UFO experience. That there's, it, those people are now following down the idea that it's demons and it's, it, and, you know, it, it's now sort of some spiritual nasties. You can see how they can draw that conclusion. Because if it was a highly technologically advanced um, a society or species, do you not think they'd do what we do, just drop a, um, a satellite into orbit and just observe? Um, they wouldn't really need to be performing such crazy sorts of medieval surgery, as you say, Chris. It's something odd. It almost says more about the human psyche to me than it actually does about the ETH. Would you agree? I would, definitely. Mm. Well, I would tend to think that actually there, when we do experiments, we need to do groundwork. We need to get out. We need to take physical samples. We need to be able to analyze them physically. In, and it can't all simply be done remotely. So although having some orbital observation platform is reasonable, there's still the necessity to obtain physical samples if you want to do real detailed study of things. Agreed, Randall, but still you end up with that sort of, as Chris was saying, that sort of whole situation upon the actual samples being taken. I mean, why are they being taken the way they are? Why is this whole primal fear-based thing coming in? And I don't understand why it would be done that way. I mean, we can certainly do surgery whereupon we can knock out an animal. When we do it in the field, you know, you take a sample from, say, I don't know, a deer or an antelope, say, and... We knock the animal out, we take the samples, release it, and they didn't had no idea what was actually happening during the entire time. But you look at these people who have the um, aggression, and they actually are experiencing the whole procedure. It's, this is interesting. Well, then again, they have been regressed. So they were allegedly made to forget what was going on. But we also have to be careful about our assumptions. For example... These experiments could be experiments just to see what our reaction is. Okay, we're going to bring one aboard, we're going to take some scoop marks, then we're going to set them free again and see what the other people around them do. Will they be studied? How will the rest of the species react to what has happened to this one individual? It may not have anything to do with actual medical experiments. But why do it thousands of times? You see the same reaction. It would be the same reaction. I mean, what would your reaction be? It would be fear. It would be pain. 
I mean, you, you'd only need to do that to a few animals and, and, and note that this is the reaction that happens every single time. I, I'm just playing the devil's advocate here. I tend to agree, but I also tend to think that there aren't as many abductions actually going on as what's being reported. So when we say, well, there's thousands of things, experiments going on at any given time, well, I, I'm not so sure I would agree with that. I think it's actually far fewer. Mm. No, no, agreed. So do we come down to the that there actually may be a problem with our hypnosis um, system, that maybe we're actually, there are people who actually just have genuine psychological problems, and we're just, with the ufology field, we're actually sort of promoting some of these um, psychological problems, and we should really be very careful about how we do the regression. Sue, would you like to chime in? Yes, I I think both of these viewpoints are rotating around a kind of conundrum, which is that, Part of the phenomena or an aspect of it appears to be physical in nature and part of it appears to be psychic in nature. And how do you understand how those two combine? Because most phenomena we deal with in normal consensus reality doesn't have that quality quite the same way the abduction experience does. And that I think that's a really valid point to struggle around. And I think that's kind of where this vague, fuzzy notion of co-creation starts to come into play. Um, But it is a real problem because there are logical uh, fallacies whichever way you approach it from. And I don't think, personally, I would not like to say it's all just psychological problems with kind of no ontological other component to them. But that may be just my wishful bias. One thing that bothers me here We have an intelligent civilization, supposedly, coming here, wanting to learn more about the local populace. So they kidnap people. Now, if we're just animals, and maybe they regard us as animals, that's showing one thing is they have no respect for us or our individuality, or even working with the local authorities, whoever they may be, to come up with a plan. You know, going to the governments and say, we would like a chance to physically examine Humans, let's work out something. Well, according to some some people, that's already happened. Right. Of course, there's no proof of that. Yeah, but and then again, if uh, you're doing an experiment, you don't want to contaminate the experiment with your own presence. Well, it gets on to alien motivations. But if they're alien, how can we know anything about their motivations? Great. Well, science actually has some fairly uh, common rules, and one of the things you don't do, and I would assume uh, fairly that aliens, if they know about science, they wouldn't want to contaminate their own experiments with their own presence in the same way that when we study animals in the wildlife, we try to keep them separate from us. We build barricades and hiding spots and take pictures from long distances, and when we do take them, we tend to take them and anesthetize them and put them back out into exactly where they came from to keep them as separated from us as possible. So there's a possible explanation. This is getting more and more fascinating, and I know we have some long responses from Chris and our other guests. But before we do that, let me tell you what we're about here. This is a special listener roundtable. Those who are frequent listeners, participants in our forums are here. So we have Stoneheart, you remember him from the forums, that's David, from New Zealand. We have Sue, you remember her, from our forums. 
and she's here as well. Also, Randall, known as Ufology, another regular on our forums, and all these people probably have participated long enough to earn gold watches. But on the other hand, I can't afford it, so we'll have to find some other way of recognizing their participation. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. You haven't experienced yogurt until you've tried a Mossy, embodying health and flavor in a true whole milk, green-fed dairy beverage. Every sip pays homage to our old-world cows and the ancient culturing methods their milk benefits from. With over 30 probiotics, a Mossy's undeniably nutritious, refined, cultured sensation bolsters your health and awakens your passion for dairy. A Mossy's so good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Ted Anderson telling you about Jordan Rubin's Beyond Organic Green-Fed Raw Cheddar Artesian Cheese featuring whole milk created through ancient dairy breeding, unpasteurized, untreated whole milk on the same farm the cows graze, containing natural sources of omega-3s, CLA protein, calcium, probiotics, and enzymes. I have never tasted cheese this good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. It's no secret that pathogens such as bacteria, viruses, moles, and fungus can inflict severe damage in the human body. Fortunately, a new and vastly improved silver solution has been developed. Supernatural Silver is a revolutionary, broad-spectrum, antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal solution that can be used inside the body as well as on the skin. Supernatural Silver is unique and superior to colloidal and ionic silvers using a patented technology that is is highly effective against colds, flus, infections, food poisoning, and yeast, in addition to many other pathogens. Supernatural Silver is scientifically supported, extremely safe, and is the number one choice of thousands of people for immune system support. Find out how Supernatural Silver could change your life. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code HEALTHY for 20% off. That's SupernaturalSilver.com. And like us on Facebook. 
Serious investors and traders want to make 81% return in 60 seconds? Use the same secret algorithm professional hedge fund managers use to make billions of dollars of profits. Turn $250 into $4,903 in just seven clicks of a mouse. Our tool is so simple that my 82-year-old grandmother can use it to make insane stock market profits. Go to BigBuckRiches.com. Watch the free video before the hedge funds make us take it down. Go to BigBuckRiches.com. From the Robert Allen System, current returns not indicative of future results. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. The authority with which she does that. Sue, ufology, Stoneheart with Gene and Chris. Chris, you had a comment? Well, yeah, and I think it it, it boils down to um, several things, but but the the prime directive idea of of uh, trying to be as non evasive um, as possible, of course, has has been a a story plotline um, in several Star Trek episodes, and including one recently, in I think two two movies ago, where they were. Um, unfortunately revealed um and then of course the original star star trek had the uh, segment where their cloaking device uh, failed and the people that they were studying were able to look up and see them so yeah there's something to be said by being as non-obtrusive as possible but but the whole idea of eliciting uh fear in half the cases and in the other half of the cases it's their benevolent space brothers and and uh you know it, it, we hear stories of people welcome welcoming these uh, visitations and um, abduction accounts. So, you know, to me, there's too much dichotomy. There's too much um, extreme, extreme negative or extreme positive. There's you don't hear many cases that are um, ongoing that are middle ground. It's they generally generally fall into two extremes. So, I, I think that's something that really hasn't been. I think, in my mind, adequately addressed by the abduction research community. Unfortunately, we have people in this uh, particular subject area that that tend to tend to come to conclusions, and then it seems like all their cases um, that they choose to you know to publicize tend to fall into the category that that does. Uh, you know, kind of support or bolster their particular uh, conclusions. And hearing someone like a Bud Jacobs, I mean, the guys, you know. You mean Bud Jacobs? <laughs> Bud Jacobs. <laughs> or David Hopkins. Yeah, Bud and David. I mean, uh, these guys, you know, I don't know. They, they, it'd be hard to walk down the street in New York with uh, Bud Hopkins 10 years ago and, and not kind of keep looking at him to see if he's looking over his shoulder or he keeps looking up. I mean, that type of stuff's got to get to you after a while. I mean, hearing story after story after story of these evil aliens and, you know, reptoids and, you know, praying mantises and, and you know, pro bono proctology, uh, you know, sessions. and It just, I mean, to me, that I would have a hard time uh, being an investigator full, you know, and concentrating in that realm. You know, the Barbara Lamb, uh, Dr. Leo Sprinkle approach of the Benevolent Space Brothers here to solve all our problems and, uh, you know, make uh, cute little hybrid babies and that sort of thing. I, I don't know. It, it, it's just there's something wonky about the whole thing. I, I just think that we're, we're missing the forest for the trees in our, our research. Um, well, I also protocols. worry about the fact, again, that 
we're being lovey-dovey towards the aliens. Oh, they're here to help us, but they don't worry about kidnapping us, taking us out of our beds uninvited, unwanted. That kind of worries me a lot. Kind of reminds me of what Paul Kimball had said to me a long time ago online and kind of repeated a little bit on last week's episode, that he would never allow someone like a David Jacobs or a Bud Hopkins to hypnotize him at all. And by the way, our listeners recall that we did an episode back, I think, in 2010, 2011 with Jacobs and Hopkins, and they wouldn't come on unless Kimball agreed not to be there. (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) But yeah, you you make a good point. Now, I'm an example of somebody that had a what I feel is a fully conscious, real experience when I was, you know, six, seven years old. And it's just, it's amazing how many times I've been asked uh, whether I'd like to be regressed. And my automatic knee-jerk response is, hell no, I don't want to be regressed. I, I already remember enough. And then the second response would be as well, if I, you know, if I ever did consider it, it would be somebody that had nothing to do with the subject of aliens, UFOs, or or even the paranormal, it would be someone that I would go to that was absolutely as, I don't know what the term would be, I guess, you know, the ignorant of the subject, I guess, would be the best way to put it, or at least, um, at least not fascinated by it, because um, then you may have a chance of actually having a real bona fide, um, accurate uh, hypnotic regression session, but if I had my druthers, I'd rather just kind of leave Pandora's box alone. <laughs> you know, it kind of reminds me of the story of, obviously, that abductee who had so many problems with uh, Dr. David Jacobs, that being a woman who calls herself Emma Woods, from your part of the world, Oh, David. God. Anyway, are you in the same town as she? Or do you know? No, I, th- I think she's up north. We're mad enough down here in the South Island, but no, they can stay up there. Okay, uh, the thing I, I, I worry about here is she was going to a therapist. With her abduction experiences. And that therapist apparently urged her to contact David Jacobs and Bud Hopkins. Oh, my God. I think that therapist should be charged with severe malpractice. I, I agree there. Whenever I hear it brought up in the Paracast, I just cringe. Thinking, yes, that's the ambassadors of New Zealand. Oh, my God. I think one of the dangers of hypnotic regression is leading the witness, the experiencer. And there needs to be a very, very rigorous scientific uh, method um, applied. And it needs to be done, as Chris says, by somebody who has no knowledge or attachment within the ufology field at all. Uh, they should be doing the regressions. Because the, the whole da- the danger of, you know, and aside from that, doing a hypnotic regression by phone? Oh, come on. What a stupid idea. Anyway, I'll stop there. <laughs> There's a surprisingly long history of people doing horrendously awful things with hypnosis and regression. And it brings to mind Debbie Nathan's book, I think it's called Sybil Exposed. But in the early 90s, during the satanic ritual abuse panic, lots of mainstream credentialed therapists working in hospitals, etc., out there were doing what I consider to be horrendous things to patients, iatrogenically inducing multiple personality disorder type phenomena, and of, of which I mentioned Debbie Nathan's book, because that's kind of like the best case study of how that happened with a very famous MPD patient. So, yeah, it's, it's awful, but it's kind of 
a signal that we always have to be really careful about what we're reading into the use of hypnosis. And of course, I am not an expert on hypnosis at all. I'm just kind of an observer of the scene. Let me well, tell you this very briefly before we go mm-hmm. on. I played with hypnosis when I was maybe 20 or 21. I hypnotized one person and I gave him a post-hypnotic suggestion to stop smoking. A pretty good thing, you know? And it actually took for a while, except, of course, a hypnotic suggestion like that, the post-hypnotic suggestion doesn't last very long. So over the next few weeks, his friends would egg him on. Don't you want a cigarette? Here, why don't you smoke a cigarette? Well, guess what would have happened? That's real positive reinforcement. It sure was. So he became addicted again. You see, the suggestion came with the edict that if he tried to smoke, it would have a very bitter taste to it. And I have to say, I was pretty good at it, you know. I tried a few times and it really worked. But then, you know, I kind of drifted away. Maybe I should have taken courses in it. I don't know. Well, I don't know, Jane. You've hypnotized me to stick around on this show for six years. You must be doing something right. (laughs) Hey, I hypnotized my wife to be with me nearly 40 years. That has to be masterful. We've got Sue, we've got David, we've got Randall and Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, There's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. It's about time something new came along for better selling and buying online. And I found it. What now, Marge? It's buysellmakeoffer.com. Never heard of it. It's a brand new company. That's why you've never heard of it. It's the newest and best way to sell any products online. I did all the research. Sell my car? Yes. Our home? Yep. My golf bag? Your golf clubs. All of them. How about your purse collection hoard? Hey, now. You said any product. Right. I did. Hmm. We get 30 days free. Really? Packages starting from only $7.95. And buysellmakeoffer.com will never charge item fees ever. Mm. Never. And this is cool. Listen to this. You can even use Skype or video to show your items. That's cool. Yes. All we have to do is go to the website, sign up, and then load our stuff to sell. I love this site. Buysellmakeoffer.com. Buysellmakeoffer.com. You got it? Buysellmakeoffer.com. sell makeoffer.com. Better selling, better buying. We all have heard about the benefits of fish oils, but what about the presence of heavy metals, PCBs, dioxins, 
furans, and other contaminants found in fatty tissues of fish. GCNteam.com recognizes this risk and offers IFOS certified tested omega-3 fatty acids. EPA, DHA, insist on IFOS omega-3 fatty acid certification. Get the best at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Sciatica, lower back pain, hip pain, poor posture. If you suffer from any of these problems, get ready to relax. Introducing an amazing product that's been in the market for over 25 years, the Sacro Wedgie. It was invented by a football coach using a common sense osteopath technique. He created this device to help his athletes by isolating and supporting the sacrum, which is the keystone of our anatomy. This wedge-shaped bone is in the center of our hips, where a lot of pain starts. Simply relax 20 minutes daily on the amazingly simple Sacro Wedgie and let gravity do the work, helping muscles rebalance and start releasing nerves. Sit in the sacro wedgie at the computer or while traveling to help correct posture to finally help relieve those stubborn aches and pains for only $33.95. It's made in the USA, so click the family-owned website at sacrowedgie.com, spelled S-A-C-R-O-W-E-D-G-Y.com, or call 1-800-737-9295. That's 1-800-737-9295. Relax your back pain away with the sacro wedgie. Paid non-attorney spokesperson, Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas, is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Our listener roundtable with Sue Stoneheart and Ufology and Gene and Chris. Chris, we have some questions our listeners wanted to ask of our guest panel. Maybe yeah, I'll some. say they really, uh, boy, as soon as the announcement went up, the questions started piling up here, I, I can say. Uh, Polterwurst, I think, and Boomerang have quite a number of very, very good questions. And um, one that Polterwurst uh, really wanted to, you know, kind of uh, point at David a little bit is um, about your new home and uh, oh, maybe no. give us a thumbnail sketch of what's been going on there. And, uh, uh. And if how your efforts going to document uh, something, and and then he's got a bunch of follow up questions. Um, it, it, you he, you've seen he says I, correct me if I'm wrong, but you've seen ball ball of light type objects. Um, there have been sightings of light phenomenon. So it would be interesting to know how far back witness reports go. Is this the same phenomenon that's been filmed from an airplane in the 70s? I don't know. I'm not yeah. aware of the story or, or up to speed on the story. Yes. So maybe you should give us a thumbnail sketch if you're if you're willing to. I'll, I'll only do a very short and brief one on the house because we've only really moved in. We moved in, we started renovating the place in June, July last year. Moved in around about August. Honestly, it's actually... I'm, Jean, Chris, I like to read about the paranormal. I don't want to be involved in it. So it's, it was a little bit freaky moving in here. From the very outset, just odd things, odd noises, 
odd sort of dark shapes out of the corner of her eyes moving around. We come in them and start doing painting work here to find paint stuff tipped over, doors unlocked. Just strange things. Um, when the cats moved in, they had hiss at open doorways. The first night we are here, it sounded like somebody was running backwards and forwards through the ceiling. It was just clunk, 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 clunk. Now, what I did do was when we moved in, there was still stuff from previous owner in here. We started to remove some of that, and the place began to calm down. And I'm just wondering, because I don't know that much about the ghost end of um, the paranormal. I guess I'm learning. I, there were a couple of old canes were sitting in a, um, in a sort of a, sort of a rack by the front door. I threw them out, and the place began to calm down. It hasn't calmed down completely. You have the odd door open and close in the middle of the night. Just strange stuff. As far as investigating, honestly, because of teaching, I haven't had a lot of time. What I did do is I set up my analysis gear, being a sound engineer, and started looking for infrasound and things like that would sort of make suggest that there is sort of something paranormal going on as this sort of seems to lead on to that. So I've done some initial tests where that's concerned when I had the time, and there isn't really anything that's sort of... Oh, there is infrasound, I mean, there always is, but there's nothing that has harmonically um, large enough to really influence you in any way, shape, or form. The next step really is to look at taking some photos, and I haven't really got around to that. But if anybody asks about orbs, if I see an orb in a photo, I'm going to disregard that immediately because dust, because small insects and reflecting in light. Um, I'm sure that um, 90% of any orb photos are pretty much that. That's my opinion, but that's the way I see it. Right. Uh, have you looked into the history of the property at all? Have you done mm. any research into uh, you know prior uh, owners, um, any sort of incidences that are reported to have gone on there or or happened there that could possibly be somehow tied into um, you know the peripheral type uh, activity that you're seeing? Yes, we had a look at that. Nobody has died on the property, uh, so there's been no deaths here. The house was built in the early 1960s, uh, was renovated uh, through the 1970s and 1980s. We're doing, the, of course, the 2000s renovation. There was a family uh, that lived here prior to the previous owner. Of course, they're all still alive. So is there something that happened on the ground here pre it being built um, during a Maori occupation? which is uh, the local indigenous people, quite possibly, I don't know, but this would have originally been marshland uh, that was drained, of course, because Christchurch, if you didn't know, was actually a swamp. They drained it, the typical English thing to do, to build a city on top of it. So, no, there, there doesn't seem to be anything else um, going on. It's just my only thoughts is possible residue, um, objects, that have because I've read about objects, certain uh, objects can carry residue of, a, of uh, a person, and, you know, you read those stories about them buying a, a chest of drawers, bring it home, and suddenly the house is haunted, those sorts of things. And I'm thinking maybe that could possibly be it. Or is it possibly a result of upheaval and um, the psychological trauma the, the city itself went through during um, the earthquakes in, in 2010? I mean, maybe it's yeah, it could have a natural explanation. Exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. So uh, do you have a PZM mic? Ah, yes, I do. And um, I'm considering doing that and see if I can pick up any sort of um, electronic voice phenomenon. Although I'm very weary of that because... Well, I wasn't. I wasn't thinking of uh, EVP so much, but um, if you have any place that is a fairly solid uh, concrete pad, like down in the basement, you might uh, look for uh, some sort of fault ULF or VLF type signals coming through. And if you have the ability to to record down to single digit uh, wavelengths, uh, mm -hmm. you, you might be surprised at some of the things that you're 
that, that you'll discover. Uh, have you seen any correlation between, you know, recent uh, tremor events, no matter how big or small, and the um, outbreak of, of, of these types of, of things? And are you recording them? Do you have a calendar where you're actually writing down dates and times and descriptions of things just, you know, very quickly on a calendar? Um, you should be keeping a log of this stuff. And then uh, I'd be interested to see if there's any sort of correlation between, between that and, and any seismic uh, activity, no matter, again, no matter how large or small. You know what? Um, yeah, I am keeping a log of stuff, but I hadn't made that connection. That's an interesting point, Chris, that because as I think about it, we did actually have a few tremors a couple of nights ago, and the activity in the house was a little bit higher than normal. That's interesting. I'm going to look into that. Thanks for that. Sometimes it just takes talking to people to actually sort of think of a different um, line of thought. <laughs> right, and also a swamp, you know, a mm. drained swamp. Who knows? There may be lots of methane around you too as well, and any sort of light phenomenon could be tied to uh, literally to swamp gas. Well, actually, light phenomenon where earthquakes is concerned is actually not all that uncommon. They call them earthquake lights, and I've actually seen them before. I think that's what Polterwurst is actually pointing toward. If he's not talking about the Kaikoura um, um, light, Incident, which was the UFO incident in 1978, I believe. Yeah, the Valentech. Uh, uh, mm, yeah, Argosy um, flight. Valentech, so, and then uh, also the, uh, the the mail plane. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, which is a it's very famous sighting around here in New Zealand. The interesting thing is, I never really actually debunked it. Um, there, well, I do like the particular anecdote from um, the radar opera, operator in Wellington saying nobody ever actually explained to me how Venus or cabbages managed to be moving at 172 knots on my radar. So <laughs> yeah. I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> right. Well, well, that that leads me to a question. I, was, uh, I, I just want to kind of dive in here just briefly before we go on to other subjects. But in New Zealand is not a place that um, number one has a lot of people. What is the population of the North? Island and the South Island? Combined, we're approximately 4 million people. Okay. Um, and it's roughly the size of California? Thereabouts, yes. Um, um, so, what is the uh, likelihood of any sort of uh, uh, light phenomenon, structured craft, unusual event to be publicized uh, by the regional media? Uh, it, yeah, that's a loaded question, that one, because the fact of the matter is, if it is, it's always ostracized. The typical sort of little green men, you know, that sort of crud that we usually have to deal with. Um, but they do report, um, just not that freely. There are a couple of reporting places here. I think there's UFOCUS in New Zealand that does um, UFO reporting. And there are a lot of um, reports that happen on a yearly basis, um, certainly along the east coast of New Zealand, um, but and almost specifically between Blenheim and sort of Christchurch through the Pegasus Bay area. That's where Kokoda actually is. Right. Um, mm, a lot of USOs as well, um, uh, fishing boats. See, um, there's fishing boat crews that have had um, large objects travel underneath their boats bits and pieces. Uh, you should actually look at New Zealand because there's quite a wealth of UFO sightings and um, cases here. I've got a few spread out on the floor here. Um, you probably don't know that there was a 1909 airship flap here in New Zealand. So that was um, one of the first air airship flaps in the world. And at the time, there were no airships of any form here in New Zealand at all. No well, dirigibles. Yeah, you're talking about 1909? Uh, 1909, 1908, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know what, folks? I think we're going to have to do a special episode of the Powercast about New Zealand sightings. And, David, you could work with us to get well, the down proper down guest yeah, list. Also Australia. Sure. Oh, yeah. We have Sue, we have David, we have Randall, we have Gene, we have Chris. You're in the Paracast. 
Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Attention citizens, this man has received national attention for accurately predicting every major financial trend, including the market crash of 2008. His name is Harry Dent. And in his newly released book, he is making even bigger and bolder predictions that have the potential to devastate the world economy and your personal wealth. You can get a free copy of Harry Dent's bestseller, The Demographic Cliff, containing never-before-published information by simply visiting www.harrydentresearch.com. Again, that's www.harrydentresearch.com. This is David Cordani, CEO of Cigna. For more than 20 years, Cigna has worked with the March of Dimes to address premature births in the U.S. Premature births cause horrible suffering and cost billions of dollars each year. That's why Cigna is committed to raising funds and awareness through our employees, family, and friends to improve the health of moms and babies. Please join us in supporting the March for Babies. Start your team today at marchforbabies.org. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and Body Extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. 
By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Hi, this is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Before we go on to other questions, anyone have any questions to ask David about his unusual home? Other than why haven't you moved, David? I'm not moving. I'll learn to live with it if I have to. I'm not moving. I love this place. I'm sitting in a studio right now, and I'm quite happy. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It, makes, it keeps life kind of you know zippy and, and uh, keeps you on your toes. Well, because, Chris, in the end, uh, like I say, I'm quite a logical person. There must be some natural um, explanation for this. Maybe there's a spiritual one, but there must be something that's natural. I'm looking for a natural um, explanation because as you guys on the forum have probably read before, I want to know. I don't want to believe. It's a totally different mindset. So although, you know, I'm not so much of a skeptic on sort of the ghost end of the paranormal, I'm still skeptical as to what it actually is. I'd like to get to the bottom of it. It could easily still be infrasound. I mean, three kilometers away, there is a motorway. We could be getting some, um, some ground rumble through here that's causing the phenomenon. Who knows? I do know you believe in is Pink Floyd. Oh, yes. That and King Crimson. Thank you. <laughs> King Crimson, yes. And King Crimson, yes, of course. Uh, any of the prog rock bands that actually uh, did went somewhere, lasted, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's there's a pile of vinyls here. In fact, it was, what was I listening to last night? Jeff Rotel and some Dire Straits. <laughs> yeah, I saw every Pink Floyd tour from 73 uh, to the Wall concert where I got left out in the parking lot because my buddy got busted with a sheet of blotter acid and he had my ticket. Oh, no. I, I mean this with love, Chris. I hate you. I would love to have seen those <laughs> concerts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was halfway between the soundboard and the stage when they, I think, premiered Dark Side of the Moon in the U.S. Or it was the second time they played it. Oh, it was just uh, highlighting I, my life. I did get to work on the Roger Waters show when he was here in Christchurch in New Zealand and doing the um, 7.1 sound, surround sound. Oh, cool. Uh, so that's a little claim to fame, but I mean, I've worked with some fairly big shows, but you just, you work as a tech, as a systems engineer, and you don't get to meet the bands. You know what that's like. <laughs> uh, yeah. David Gilmore is my favorite guitarist, I think. Oh yes. By a long shot. Same here. But then again, Hey, why not? <laughs> Redefines tasty and elegant. Mm. Anyway, we've turned this into a music show. So it's the pairing. We, we, well, music we very show. easily could. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Gene. <laughs> Therefore, well, it's not Paracast, but Paratune. Sue, you want to get into our musical discussion at all? Uh, no, I'm going to recuse myself on that. Thank you. Randall? Recuse. Recuse. Isn't that, oh, she's a, she must be a lawyer. So or have you, a few in our family. Randall? So you don't play an instrument then, Sue? I, I used to play flute. I used to play folk music. Um, I used to listen to prog rock bands. Yeah. So you used to play a flute, did you say? Yeah. Flute and wooden flute, British folk. 
it's amazing how many participants in the Paracast actually do play an instrument. Yeah. Mm. Or, or that are involved, uh, you know, uh, fairly deeply in, into the subject of uh, UFOs and, and the paranormal. A lot of people are musicians. Linda Moulton Howe, even. <laughs> That's crazy. She, plays she is? Does she plays an instrument, Chris? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's a keyboard player. Oh, wow. In fact, I, I think she did the, the, the music for Strange Harvest, if I'm not mistaken. How's your record doing, Chris? Which one? Your latest release. Uh, I haven't even checked. Uh, I'm getting great response uh, to it. It's um, again, I did not produce it. I was not involved in the in the mixing. There was a lot of things about it that I'm not really happy with. And it's been decided that for our next album, um, I will be producing it. So I'm looking forward to that. I've got you know some some alpha males in the band, so it's going to be interesting. But uh, <laughs> but some of my comments have now been understood. You know, of course, the thing's mastered and it's already been uh, manufactured. You know, our first several thousand have been you know made. So it's a, kind of water under the bridge. But um, I wrote up a list of points and, and said, look, you guys just are you know you're too attached to your parts. You got to listen to the piece. You know, whatever which one we're talking about. You know, as as a uh, in its totality, and and you know these songs have to have air in them. You have to allow them to breathe. And the songs that really work on the album are the ones that were the you have the least amount of instrumentation. And uh, there's one song called "Simple," and and it's the only song with vocals. And and Gonzo, the drummer, wrote it, and he goes, "Keep it simple." And then he goes into like five eight time and seven eight time, and then goes back to a straight four four time. And it's like I don't know, it's just something you know kind of strange about that. <laughs> Maybe you need to bring in an outside producer. Well, that's kind of what I would be, um, but uh, there, there, I don't think there's anybody that can handle the kind of mix of, uh, of instrumentation and ideas uh, that we have. Uh, there probably is, but we couldn't afford them. <laughs> well, this is progressive, instrumental, Native American rock. Wow. So, you know, when it comes to my stuff, that's a whole different thing. I haven't really tried promoting my, uh, my solo album, uh, which is a bunch of leftover grooves that I've been collecting, you know, all the way back to the mid eighties that um, I, I whipped out, cleaned up, supplemented a few things here and there, and then added uh, EVPs and uh, parrots and Aztec death whistles, industrial sounds, and all sorts of uh, interesting elements on top of that kind of as in place of uh, vocals. And um, I, I do plan to do a, a bit of a push on this once I get my contract signed with the record company. Um, but um, I, I, I might just not even sign it and go ahead and release it myself. It hasn't been, uh, it's available for download, but it's not available in, um, they want to do a release in a, um, in a thumb drive, um, kind of a musical album thumb, thumb drive release never seen what's that before the, what's the name of that one chris uh medea medea m-e-d-e-a it was medea media but i think that would have thrown people off so i i just kind of named all the songs based on the uh the myth of medea and jason and the argonauts and and uh and then just you know had my way with it the 30 aztec mm-hmm. death whistles on the one song it's a funk groove from you know kind of an acid funk groove from the 80s and i i put all these aztec death whistles and clanking chains and stuff and it, it's <laughs> it's pretty spooky that Chris, sounds you, great you posted um some links on the paracast um i did yeah forum for that. yeah how do we listen it's really nice stuff so yeah no big thumbs up mate 
Yeah, thank you. Well, it's you know, again, it's just a it's just a lot of noodling, nothing really serious. Uh, but you know, I figured I got the Black Raven album coming out. Why not mm. have something else? So anyway, getting back to our subject matter, I'm not sure how much time we have left. Um, we have about three minutes for this segment, and then we have four more. Okay, uh, he, you know, we we're talking about um, about potential haunted site phenomena, uh, the psychological nature of UFO abductions. One thing that we've been talking about from time to time is having a, a, um, a bona fide real psychic uh, on the show. I have yet to make that happen. But have any one of you ever had an experience with a psychic? And do you think that they're all frauds, genuine, sometimes cheating, sometimes correct? This is another question from Polterwurst in Germany. Sue, why don't you take that first? I haven't really had any experiences with a psychic. I've been taking a free online uh, course in parapsychology, which has led me to read a lot of different books about people who do study psychics. And I actually, I don't have a problem believing that there's something there in some cases. But it's not something uh, I'm particularly familiar with. I've had a couple experiences myself of a precognitive nature, um, just kind of out of the blue, random. So I believe that can happen. Some of the other stuff that you see on TV, uh, I'm not so sure about. Some seems credible. Some is clearly not credible. So I don't know. That Long Island psychic, I think, is being sued or something for fraud and and of course, you know, we all know about um, Sylvia Brown and and uh, Sean David Morton, uh, a classic example of someone that uh, claims to be a Wall Street psychic uh, and was able to bilk about $6 million out of uh, True Believer clients and uh, is now in jail. He finally uh, exhausted all his legal uh, recourse, and he and his wife are now, I think, physically in jail. Mm. Well, that's good. At least we have poetic justice. Ouch. Now, back in the early days of the PowerCast, we had Sean David Morton on the show one or two times. And it's very strange here that pretty much every single thing he said about the people he knew, about the predictions he made, everything he said turned out to be wrong. Now, I don't claim to have any psychic abilities. I didn't say psycho. I don't claim to have any psychic abilities, whatever. But I can tell you, my batting average would be far higher than his. I must be in the wrong business. This is our Listener Roundtable featuring Sue, featuring Randall, known as Ufology, featuring Stoneheart. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. 
DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich, working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare, having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. <laughs> Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris on the Paracast, we're exploring all sorts of paranormal things, musical things, and whatnot, especially the whatnot, with Sue and Stoneheart. And Ufology, three of our prolific posters on the Paracast. So many Ps there. It's like Peter Piper and the Pickled Peppers. I like this. Chris, some more questions, please. Boomerang has um, some questions that we've already kind of covered about um, hypnosis as a memory retrieval tool. Uh, he does have a couple of interesting questions here um, relating to research methods in Ufology. So he's wondering, do, do you see research methods in ufology changing from traditional approaches based on observer-object duality, nuts and bolts, machines in the sky, to something in which the experiencer plays an essential and very personal role in the creation or co-creation, I, I would say, of a phys- physical ufological event? Now, we were talking about this a little bit, but, but now we're going to get into it a little bit more here. What role does the experiencer play in causality in terms of is this a co-creative process or is it is there a definite break between observer and uh, observation you know what what the observer is ob- observing who wants to grab that one well i would say that there are those people who claim to be able to summon ufo's so if that's true then you'd have a role where the observer and the experiencer play a role in manifesting the event itself and hypothetically we could have someone else who is impartial study what's going on in one of those events. Uh, Interestingly, I attended a group meeting here just last weekend and uh, what happened is I met a fellow who claims to be able to do this and we actually went out for a drive to look around and we ended up at a reservoir and under some power lines at one point and just had a look at the stars and at the sky to see what was going on to see if 
maybe something would happen. And of course, nothing happened. But I, I'm of the opinion that we do actually need to try different things before we write them off. Well, you know, you say that there's been some people that have been able to demonstrate summoning UFOs. Um, scratching my head trying to remember any that haven't had a lot of uh, cloud of um, suspicion hanging over their heads like Prophet Yahweh and Stephen Greer. And um, <laughs> there's not many that you can really point to. Uh, in my, my knowledge, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but in my, uh, you know, I've got a pretty good memory and I can't really remember any that have been inexplicable. There's that one lady, I think, in Vancouver that was supposedly able to photograph UFOs and, and light phenomenon at will. But uh, does anyone recall someone that's been under some sort of rigorous scientific observation while they claim to do this? Uh, any takers no, on that? No, I, I don't know anything along those lines myself, Chris. And as far as like traditional methods, I think traditional methods will probably carry on as they are because, well, scientific method, we need to have some physical evidence before the scientific community will ever take any of this seriously at all. So yeah. that, that's my opinion. I had an interesting experience. I think it was Stephen Greer's second or third time doing his ambassador to the universe training in the San Luis Valley uh, in Crestone. And the night that they did their big, um, you know, coherent thought sequencing session, we had sightings all around the valley, everywhere but Crestone. I suggested to him uh, a couple of days later that maybe he give out a proper address so they knew where to go. Um, he didn't. He didn't really take that suggestion uh, to heart. Um, but no, seriously, we had six or seven reports on the other side of the valley, the north of the valley, and the south of the valley, but nothing on the east side of the valley. I found that quite um, the trickster. Yeah, mm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, somebody's playing somebody. I'm not sure uh, you know, who's playing who, but okay. I just want to tackle that, that question about what role the experiencer plays in, in a possible co-creative process. Yeah, I'll jump in because my training was as a sociologist. I, I f always feel like I have to argue for the fact that there is a way to do science on human subjects using qualitative methods or kind of mushy human science methods. And it doesn't mean you have to throw objectivity, validity, replicability out the window. You just have to adapt your methods. And I, I think the kind of 50 areas, 50s era origination of the whole UFO paradigm has placed emphasis on nuts and bolts approaches to research. And the UFO community should really kind of brush up on their human science and social science research methods. I think they'd be usefully deployed here. That's an excellent point. Absolutely mm. fantastic point. Totally agree. So maybe expand on that a little bit more, if you can. Well, okay. So for instance, in sociology, one way of researching something might be participant observation research, where you're a member of a group, um, you're taking notes, on what the group is doing, on your own emotional responses. You're also gathering objective data, maybe documents or videotape about what the group is doing. And then in, in the data analysis phase, you step back and kind of objectively assess and analyze your data, taking into account, for example, your own emotional reactions and, and adjusting for any bias. So a bias is assumed. You try to define where it's coming from, how to account for it, and how to not let it get in the way of an overall analysis. That's just kind of off-the-cuff description of one approach. Survey research is another. Methods in survey research are fairly well-established, fairly well-known, and that, that can be used 
and uh, historical research. Uh, so, yeah, stuff like that. I don't want to go on too much about that stuff, though. Who wants to chime in? I was just going to say that was really excellent because, um, and it's one thing about going to the forums and there's always excellent posts exactly like that. You see, I'm a nuts and bolts person and that's the way I approach things. And, and Sue's just pointed out, well, there's, a, uh, there's different ways of looking at this and studying this phenomenon, which, of course, my paradigm is entirely in a, in a physics realm, etc. And that's the way I'm going to look at things. So the, this crossover between disciplines is brilliant because you can look at the whole phenomenon in different ways and data gather in different ways. Maybe that's the sort of amalgam we actually need to develop. So I know, fantastic answer there, Sue. Thank you. Sure. Well, Tyler Kochjohn and Jeff Ritzman have a, uh, a survey project going on that is coming from exactly that posture of looking at things as as well-roundedly as possible in a sociological sense, uh, background, um, you know, belief, these types of things. And one thing that they've come up with, some preliminary um, trending that they see, actually supports what Daryl Sims has been saying for years, oddly enough, that a large percentage of people that claim to have contact experiences or some sort of an abduction experience have a combination of Cherokee and Celtic, uh, mainly Irish and um, and Scottish uh, genetic background, which I find very intriguing because I've got both. (laughs) (laughs) So it's only through asking, you know, a well thought out series of questions, and they have quite a number of questions. I I forget the total number, but it's. I remember reading the uh, synopsis of the project and being very, very impressed with how how all-encompassing their, their approach is. And in this type of, of, of data, I think, is, is focusing back on the experiencer and getting off the nuts and bolts of the experience and, and, and maybe putting the focus on why this particular individual at this particular point in their life or in, in the time frame, uh, and, and what does that individual share with other people that also have what are very rare, but uh, I think fairly reasonably uh, well-documented experiences in, in, t- in terms of, of the phenomenon being, being real. I, I think abductions do happen. I think there's a lot less of them, as I think Dave pointed out, uh, than we might think, or Bud Hopkins uh, thought, or David Jake- Jacobs thinks. But I think that there, are, there is a real mystery at the core of this phenomenon. And I think we need to put the onus back on the researcher to look at the experiencer. And I've been saying for 22 years that it, the experiencer is more important than the experience in these things. And uh, this is something that uh, came out very uh, elegantly uh, in the presentation, uh, the dialogue between uh, Lee Spiegel and, and Jacques Vallée uh, a couple of weeks back at the International UFO Congress. That's the one thing that the valet was stressing that, hey, we really should be, you know, it's, we should do a you know, 180 and start looking at the people that are having these experiences happen to them. Let's break now. We have Sue, Ufology, Stoneheart with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> If you're fascinated by UFOs, ancient aliens, archaeological mysteries, ghost hunting, Atlantis, and any other paranormal topic as we are, be sure to check out apmagazine.info each month. Since 1985, it has presented the latest research by top researchers like Andrew Collins, Brad Steiger, and many others, and contains interviews with such leading personalities as Jacques Vallée. Check, click on one of their banners and check out apmagazine.info. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap. 
But not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shot the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to selectquote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policy at slowquote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Serious investors and traders want to make 81% return in 60 seconds? Use the same secret algorithm professional hedge fund managers use to make billions of dollars of profits. Turn $250 into $4,903 in just seven clicks of a mouse. Our tool is so simple that my 82-year-old grandmother can use it to make insane stock market profits. Go to bigbuckriches.com. Watch the free video before the hedge funds make us take it down. Go to bigbuckriches.com. From the Robert Allen System, current returns not indicative of future results. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Oh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, we should tell you that we have a second radio show called After the Paracast. 
part of the Paracast Plus at plus.theparacast.com. Last week, we had a double-length episode, continuing the discussions with our guests that week, Paul Kimball, Greg Bishop, Gogs Mackay. And we're going to have a special episode of After the Paracast after this episode, featuring our same crew, Sue, Randall, and David. Let their hair down. Here, here. Yes, they're going to let their hair down. (laughs) And things that we couldn't say on the main show will be said. And after the Paracast, if you want to become part of the Paracast Plus, check out plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. All right, let us continue. We've got, uh, as I said, uh, some really good uh, questions here. Do you think the presence of skeptical people can effectively block paranormal events or psychic abilities. Is there an experiment or effect, as in parapsychological experiment showing significantly less positive results when the experimenter doesn't believe they can happen? You mean bad vibes, right? Well, yeah. In other words, can the, you know, if if, uh, Phil Class was sitting there and, you know, standing there with his walker or Bill Nye with his bad bow tie or uh, uh, Penn, you know, trying to hide the, uh, whoever his... uh, valet is behind the curtain is standing there and you're trying to do a, a uh, you know, just a regular parapsychological test of guessing the cards. Do you think their presence would uh, in any way uh, alter the <laughs> abilities of the person being experimented upon? <laughs> Quite possibly this uh, meetup group that I attended, the organizer interestingly also uh, has uh, native Canadian blood in him claims that when he's out and in with the right people that given enough time that something will show up but he says every time he's taken out anyone who's wanted to study it and be more objective or skeptical nothing has happened there is experimental data on this um i think it's a fairly well and well-known thing in parapsychology where um the presence of people who are skeptical actually result in significantly lower psi phenomena and the presence of believers results in significantly higher levels of psi phenomena than would just chance dictate so it's i think it's called the sheep goat effect and it's probably written about like probably some of dean radin's work references it because i think it's a fairly well-known study now that's often used by skeptics as an excuse saying okay well the reason that they can't duplicate it with we skeptics being here is because it's fake. It doesn't exist. Once the skeptics are here and can catch them in their fakery, they can't produce the powers that they claim to possess. But the point is that this, the effect that skeptics are having in depressing the psi levels is uh, not due to chance. So, in other words, it's statistically significant, which means... There is a psi effect. It's just working in the opposite direction. Well, why not put a a skeptic, a wolf, in sheep's clothing and pretend to be a true believer and see what happens, uh, you know, to the unwitting person being being, uh, tested? Or the opposite, have a true believer, a sheep, dressed up in wolf's clothing and be all skeptical and, and see if that has any effect. That that would be the first thing that comes to my mind in terms of experimentally, try to <laughs> pull a fast one, see if it still works. Interesting it idea. 
Yeah, that is an interesting idea. I have to admit that experimental design is not my strength area. Uh, people are doing some pretty wild designs that kind of get into multiple meta levels of that kind of switching things around in order to try to get, you know, really rigorous results. But yeah, there's there's the sky's the limit when it comes to uh, gaming out that kind of scenario. I, I'm always coming up with work workarounds. <laughs> It comes to my years in alternative housing in terms of building out of straw bales and tires. And oftentimes you had to become very, um, what is it, necessity is the mother of invention. <laughs> you know, you have to come up with workarounds to, to get her done, as uh, as Larry the Cable Guy would say. Um, here, okay, here's uh, anyone, uh, Randall, you want to uh, comment on that or, or Dave? Well, it seems to imply that there's a third party involved in these so you know how do we know that that third party if it exists doesn't recognize that you've got the sheep in wolf's clothing or wolf in sheep's clothing and compensates from there it's well that's a very good point that's why you would try to attempt to do something like that to ascertain if there is a third party that can see through any sort of subterfuge and if not, that's going to tell us a whole boatload, and um, if so, that's going to tell us another, uh, you know, big chunk of. It's going to open up a whole bunch of, of questions and, and avenues of investigation and approach. Um, well, it also shows here whether you can sense a person's skepticism, even if they pretend to be a believer. Well, maybe we should get a good actor. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Some a method actor that really immerses himself in the role. <laughs> what a Donald. Was it Donald Sutherland say, um, "Don't hit me with the negative waves in the morning, man"? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or the fact that uh, you know the skeptic on the X Files is played by a believer, and the uh, the believer is played by a skeptic. I, I've always thought that was the you know kind of a head scratcher, and, and <laughs> maybe has something to do with why the show became so popular beyond the great writing and and uh, you know storytelling and you know, all that. But uh, okay, here let, let's go on a little bit. Here we've got. Uh, we got some other questions. Um, okay, since we're talking about psychic abilities, this is another good question from our, our German poster, Polterwurst, who's approaching 1,000 posts at forum.theparacast.com, where if you have a question for our wonderful guests that we have on here uh, every week, uh, you can go to the question bank and post your questions. And he's wondering... Uh, what do you think uh, – do you think some police officers working with psychic detectives as shown in, in TV programs, what do you think about that? And it, it, do you think there's anything to the claims uh, sometimes made by former policemen uh, that, that this works? And why aren't they officially acknowledged? And how come skeptics say they haven't seen one case – where a psychic has been able to identify a lost person, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a weapon used in a in, in a crime or that sort of thing. Well, who, we've who, all wants heard, to, who wants to grab that one? We've all heard the stories, and I think the skeptics are just in a state of denial as usual. There's enough stories out there where some sort of psychic action has been taken by somebody, and they've gotten some kind of results. It's not always successful, but I I don't think that every story that I've read about it has to be fake. Oh. Yeah. Robbie Thomas, who is a, um, a, 
psychic who's uh, left the public arena and is now, I think, exclusively working with law enforcement in Canada and Toronto. Uh, I, I am aware of a couple of cases that uh, it, it was demonstrated that he actually was instrumental in, in helping police solve uh, or the RCMP solve crimes. Good subject for a book. Ah, definitely a subject for a book. We have Sue, we have Randall, we have David, we have Gene and Chris. You're in Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Nowadays, there are millions of people with old smartphones, iPads, tablets, you name it, just sitting around collecting dust. And if those are improperly disposed of, well, they contain unsafe toxic materials harmful to you and the environment. But now, these devices can be used as a painless way to help support your favorite GCN shows. Visit DonateMyCell.com. Donations are tax-deductible, and if you donate 10 or more devices, you'll receive a special free gift offer. That's DonateMyCell.com. DonateMyCell.com. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. Attention citizens, this man has received national attention for accurately predicting every major financial trend, including the market crash of 2008. His name is Harry Dent, and in his newly released book, he is making even bigger and bolder predictions that have the potential to devastate the world economy and your personal wealth. You can get a free copy of Harry Dent's bestseller, The Demographic Cliff, containing never-before-published information by simply visiting www.harrydentresearch.com. Again, that's www.harrydentresearch.com. Hey, I rode the elevator with you, but I don't work on the upper floors. I just want to squeeze in there right next to you so the RFID scanner in my pocket can capture all your personal information, your debit and credit cards, even your work ID badge. So your identity is now my identity. Going up, so am I. For over 10 years, ID Stronghold has pioneered RFID blocking wallets and ID badge holders for consumers, the U.S. military, and even the executive office of the president. Shouldn't you be protected too? 
ID Stronghold wallets cost about the same as wallets in most stores, but give you extra protection. I'm Wal Augustinowitz, founder and CEO of ID Stronghold. Don't be a victim of electronic pickpocketing. Protect yourself from crimes you can't see with ID Stronghold wallets, card sleeves, and purses. Visit IDStronghold.com and get the original RFID blocking wallets and badge holders. IDStronghold.com Planning to buy food storage? Wait a minute. Many companies try to confuse you with the number of servings they sell. It's not about the number of servings, it's about the number of calories. In emergencies, calories mean survival. Go to ReadySupplyFoods.com for a comparison of leading companies. Ready Supply Foods sells the most calories per dollar of any company. Our 23 entrees and breakfasts are delicious and full of nutritious calories. The new leader in value and quality. Go to ReadySupplyFoods.com today. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Ooh, the ghost whisperer. Yeah, I like that. Yes, we have Sue. How about you? And we have David, and we have Randall, and Gene, and Chris. Well, you know, let's talk about this. I, I think sure. uh, someone should write a book that lists all the cases that are bona fide, that have documentation and have unequivocal evidence that we have cases that have been solved by psychics. I've never seen a book like that. That could be a bestseller. Well, Chris, um, not any documented cases here, but there's certainly um, a People who have had a lot of dreams prior to the major earthquakes that we're here were having precognition dreams before the earthquakes. To uh, you know, dreams about the the city being in ruin or um, you know, panic and fear, etc. And and to come out afterwards saying, you know, well, I had these dreams and well, the earthquakes happened. So, is there a, a basis for it? I think there possibly is. I uh, now having lived through that sort of thing myself, it's kind of a little interesting. I have to admit, I'm a sucker for the TV shows about the psychic investigators and. I tend to buy that hook, line, and sinker when I see it on TV. I would love to read a book about that um, that was maybe a little more in-depth and well-researched than a TV show. It's a great topic. Yeah. Have you ever seen The Dead Files with Amy Allen? I love The Dead Files. Amy's a really good friend. Our parents live uh, about seven, eight miles from me. I have worked on a, a number of... Uh, at least a half a dozen uh, ghost site investigations with her. I was in charge of uh, maintaining her total, you know, lack of knowledge about where we were going, um, you know, what had happened uh, in the place uh, prior to us arriving there. And I'll tell you, she is the real deal. Um, she came up with stuff that it was impossible for her to know ahead of time. And she, she was picking up on stuff right and left in at least three out of the six uh, facilities. Um, I think for actually four out of the six, if I remember correctly. Uh, I mean, just amazing stuff. Uh, things like she'd stop, you know, we had several uh, recording sources going on at one time and she'd stop and say, do you hear that? And we'd all kind of look at each other and go, no, we don't hear anything. She goes, I hear children singing. And when we rewind the tapes in the studio and go through, you know, everything's synced up and we go through, just before she said that, we got this incredible EVP of two children laughing 
and and giggling and having a fun time with kind of some echo, like they were in the next hallway or something. And then she asks the question, do you hear that? And we say, what? And she goes, children laughing. So, you know, I don't want this to sound like a commercial for Amy Allen, but it is acknowledgement from, uh, I would consider myself a seasoned field investigator, you know, to be open-minded to the possibility that, that there are humans with with uh, extra sensory abilities. And, and Amy Allen is definitely, in my book, one of them. Chris. What? Here's what's going to have to happen. You have to bring her on the PowerCast. Well, we'll see. I've tried. She doesn't do radio. Ah, you know, I also like to talk to just for the heck of it, Alison Dubois, and she is the woman, the psychic about whom the TV series Medium was based. And she's out of Phoenix. So, you know, it might be fun. So, Gino, I'll follow through. I'll follow through. Let's move beyond mediums or take a medium approach. More questions. Well, wait a minute. Uh, You know, we need to hear from people. What do you think? Uh, Anyone? Are they frauds? Uh, are there some that are genuine, and, and how do we know? No, I think some are probably genuine. Um, but well, like anything in the paranormal field, the weary pond, you can maybe uh, fleece somebody for money. There's always going to be charlatans. The problem is weeding out which ones are which. But I, I suspect there are people with very, very heightened senses of awareness. No, it, animal instinct. What, how does a, um, a cat or a dog know that it, uh, an earthquake or something like that's going to happen several minutes before it happens? They're more in tune with the world around them. Maybe these people are just a little bit more in tune with the nature around them. Who knows? I don't have a problem accepting the notion that someone like Amy Allen can do what she does. Um, there's another person. There was someone in New York who wrote a book called A Small Medium at Large about she had a lot of abilities. What's always struck me about people like that is how do they learn how to deal with those abilities like when they're growing up because that's the mystery to me is if you have those abilities how do you know what it is you're actually sensing and seeing and feeling and integrate that into real world knowledge i think that's really interesting yeah well i of course i asked amy that uh, and had long conversations with her about how she's able to deal with these abilities. And she said that it took a long time, but when she was growing up, she thought everybody was able to do this. And then it got to the point where she was eight or nine or 10, where she realized that, that this was something that was unusual and that not everybody could, could um, perceive and interact with dead people, essentially. And so she slowly was able to, in her estimation, uh, develop um, a series of filters and an on-off switch. Um, it's it's always disconcerting to work with psychics who have demonstrated their abilities and to feel comfortable around them. <laughs> you know, and uh, wow. I had one uh, person who uh, is I've worked with for quite a number of years, uh, off and on, and and they said, uh, you know, stop squirming. Uh, don't you understand that the things that you most don't want me to know are the things easiest uh, for me to pick up. <laughs> and uh, that, that was rather disconcerting. And of course, they quickly said, hey, you're okay. I'm, you know, I'm okay with you. Let's, you know, let's kind of get beyond this. And uh, so, you know, I'm not somebody that, uh, how would I put this? Um, you know, I'm, I am very skeptical about everything. I don't believe anything. And I allow the experience and the data to lead me in a direction that uh, I find most compelling and uh, potentially fruitful in terms of, you know, gaining knowledge. But, 
I'm going to get back to questions here because we do have one final question that I think is uh, is an interesting one and does open up a huge uh, ball of wax, as they say. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. I'm going to have to find it again here. Well, maybe I could chime in in the meantime with a closing comment there. Okay. That would be uh, good. Yeah. I think that strange experiences do happen with people, but we always have to be careful about how we explain them. I don't think anyone is in contact with dead people. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's, yeah, I guess it's all uh, based on terminology and languaging. Uh, Now, the thing here also, I wonder, is how we might relate UFO experiences to paranormal, such as the comment from one of our favorite forum members and bloggers, Red Pill Junkie, Miguel, that there was a connection between near-death experiences and UFO abductions, which is a fascinating line of speculation. Well, absolutely. In my opinion, I think that uh, an alien presence on Earth can explain a lot of this stuff uh, rather than resorting to paranormal explanations that involve the supernatural and things that are scientifically basically impossible. Well, I don't know whether anything is impossible. Maybe we just have to know more about the science involved. Well, I think there's certain things that are logically impossible. Based on our present science, that's probably true. Like like speaking to dead people? Well, that. <laughs> well, if they're not dead people, who are they talking to? They're making it up? Well, I just gave you an example of somebody that talked about uh, two little kids that 100 years ago used to play in the jail at, uh, you know, at the Navajo County uh, Courthouse. And they were famous for running around and, and screaming and yelling. And Amy had no idea where she even was. And she was able to pick up in the same exact place where the kids used to play uh, the sounds of kids, uh, you know, screaming and laughing and having fun and giggling. Uh, Maybe that's happening, Chris, on Earth Two, you ever think that maybe they're tapping into another reality, not seeing events here, not contacting dead people, but seeing a parallel universe? Of course, we have to posit a parallel universe, but maybe well, that yeah. brings it more into a scientific realm or not. We have well, one more segment left to do with our listener roundtable with Sue and David and Ufology. You're in the Paracast. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs. Convert from so many 
formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. Serious investors and traders want to make 81% return in 60 seconds? Use the same secret algorithm professional hedge fund managers use to make billions of dollars of profits. Turn $250 into $4,903 in just seven clicks of a mouse. Our tool is so simple that my 82-year-old grandmother can use it to make insane stock market profits. Go to BigBuckRiches.com. Watch the free video before the hedge funds make us take it down. Go to BigBuckRiches.com. From the Robert Allen System, current returns not indicative of future results. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Paid non-attorney spokesperson, Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas, is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, veterinarian and naturopathic physician. The Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy with an important message. Take charge of your health. Do not continue to blindly follow the system that has failed us all. I appreciate GCN listeners because you're open-minded and intelligent. If our system is so great, why is it that the United States, the USA, ranks nearly 60th worldwide in longevity and number one in obesity? All the while, we spend more money than all the other countries combined annually on unnecessary health care procedures and toxic drugs. It doesn't take much to get on track, not with the government or pharmaceutical companies, but rather you in control of your own health with a basic understanding of nutrition and supplementation. FDI Longevity has the finest quality health, sports, and energy supplements available. GCN listeners are invited to join our team of people who want to stay healthy well into old age. We are currently looking for specialists to represent FDI Longevity and save America. To buy products at wholesale prices or join our business team, go to GCNteam.com. That's GCNteam.com. Support GCN. Get healthy. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Hi, this is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. It's just about done. Our listener roundtable, the first for 2016 with Sue 
and Ufology and Stoneheart. But for those of you who subscribe to the Paracast Plus, we have a special after the Paracast episode where this discussion is going to continue in ways that we can't even predict right now. Chris, we had one more very important question you wanted to bring up. Well, I'm not sure how important it is, but it sure opens up a whole ball of wax. This one comes from Boomerang, who's been a longtime poster since 2011 at forum.theparacast.com. He's approaching the, uh, he just passed the 2300 mark in posts. You too, listeners, can post your questions at forum.theparacast.com and our question bank and ask questions of our many guests that we have on every week. And this week we have a question from Boomerang, and I'll just kind of throw this out there. This kind of makes some assumptions. He says, if we assume certain people in world governments have cast a veil of secrecy over the subject of the UFO, do you think the architects of this secrecy are ultimately human or otherwise? Well, of course... They're human and alien. (laughs) I'm going with reptilians. Reptilians, okay. That's a slithering comment. Yeah. David? She's scaling her response. (laughs) Let's not take this to the nth degree. Mm, No, it's definitely Donald Trump. He's an alien. He has to be an alien reptoid. Well, these are all snaky comments. (laughs) <laughs> uh, sorry so, um, so, well come on let's get serious yeah. here do you think the governments are actually involved in in keeping a lid on this subject uh, and, and do you think it's them or are they being told to by something else no I'll, I'll i'll take this for a start here i actually think that maybe they do know that there is some uh phenomenon going on and maybe they do have some evidence in a lot of ways i think we give governments too much credit for actually being organized enough to be able to keep something like this actually properly secret i'm sure you can keep top secret aircraft development stuff secret i'm sure that's that's possible to do but something this big i don't think so speaking from experience of my own government my own government is not competent enough to keep something like this secret well, wait a minute there's a government there in New Zealand, no, more like sort of head prefects, really. <laughs> you know, <laughs> school hall monitors is probably what we want to actually want to call our government. But anyway, <laughs> no, Chris, I, from from my point of view here. I don't think the major world governments actually have any control of any of this. They may have some contact. I do not know. I don't think so. But what interests me is the possibility of breakaway civilizations. Now, we, we've all talked about this before, and it's been plenty of it all over the um, all over the forum, but that's got my interest when I first came across it. Is it possible? I don't know. Ufology, you sort of um, popped up there for a second there. What do you think, mate? Well, actually, my initial comment was uh, fairly serious. I do think that there are agencies within the government, not necessarily in the in the top political wings, but in the defense and military sector that obviously must know a whole lot more than we do. And the aliens themselves are obviously evasive and elusive. So between the two, we're having a hard time out here in the public getting the kind of evidence that we want. Uh, Breakaway civilizations in modern society, if you look into the industrial complex and the military industrial complex, perhaps a civilization hidden within a civilization in modern times could produce some of these craft, but certainly not the large array that we've seen throughout history. Something else is going on besides our own breakaway civilization. If certainly, I agree. Such a thing. 
Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. I, I I do think there is some sort of nuts and bolts alien visitation. I mean, maybe maybe I'm just old school where that's concerned, but it, it just seems to make logical sense. I mean, there's hundreds of billions of stars, hundreds of billions of galaxies. Come on, play the numbers game. There has to be something out there that's far more advanced than we are. It's just human hubris to think that we're the most advanced thing or the only thing out there. But it's also human hubris to think we're important enough for them to come here to this violent, misogynist, primitive, unevolved place. Exactly, Chris. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) And not want to destroy this place. Mm. I I actually honestly... No, no, just just treat the virus, get rid of the virus, and then you revel in the wonderful biodiversity that this uh, wonderful ecosystem uh, has before we destroy it all. Well, us and our cattle and and New Zealand sheep. (laughs) <laughs> but isn't that what they say in all these alien invasion movies? Let's get rid of the human virus. Actually, Gene, and sorry to upset the Space Brothers um, followers out there. I think if we ended up with the missiles flying in the next 10 minutes, the nuclear Armageddon, I think the aliens would sit and watch just to see what actually happened. If we're something they're observing from a scientific point of view, they wouldn't interfere. And why would they? Yeah, exactly. They'd just watch. I, I think the alien bookies would be collecting on bets, is what I think. Would be <laughs> well, I thought they were after the Earth women. I'm kind of disappointed now. <laughs> no, wasn't there a movie out some years ago called Earth Girls Are Easy? <laughs> no. Well, we're losing a species a day here on this planet. That's uh, the lowest estimate. Well, if and they that- lose us, I guess the planet would be better off. We're like a virus. This is true. Well, Agent Smith said it best in The Matrix. You're like a virus. You stink. (laughs) Damn, you stink. If there is such a thing. Yeah, but humans are also the most amazing creatures on the planet when you really think about it. We're the most intelligent. We're the most inventive. We are actually the only species that's actually ventured off of the surface of the planet and are exploring Mm -hmm. out into our solar system. And Earth itself is an amazing planet. There's no reason for them not to come here. I think Earth is probably Mm. rare. Mm -hmm. Earth-like planets are probably rare. And although there's a lot of stars in the universe, you know, the skeptics would ask, well, it's getting here from there. That's the big problem. Well, even that starting, that particular uh, reality view is starting to break down with the progress of quantum physics and uh, uh-huh. things that we're starting to learn at CERN. And, you know, talk about breakaway civilizations, kind of going back to that that theme. Um, you know, the, um, the latest U.S. bomber, which looks like the B-2 to me, uh, it's called the B-21. And it's back to the old, uh, you know, Batman, uh, Batwing-shaped um, vehicle. When are they going to release the uh, the real exotic high tech reality um, behind uh, anti mag uh, work that's been going on for decades and and some of the real exotic technologies? That's that's when I will sit up and take notice. Oh. You don't um, put out your prize um, cards when you're playing poker until you absolutely have to, Chris. So no, they'll sit on it. <laughs> we have maybe forty seconds left, Sue. You want to make a comment? Proud to be the first woman listener roundtable person on the Paracast. Uh, did you feel all you know, kind of welcomed and, and embraced? I did feel I did feel welcomed. Yes. Okay. Well, well, that's good because we need to get Raven's fee on here, and you know, Constance needs to get on here. We, you know, we've we've got room, and we want, and and well, I don't want to beg, but you know, come on, girls, beg, bring bring your A game. 
Any final comments to make, Randall? Let's have an all-girl roundtable panel one time. I think that'd be great. Well, that possibly would be coming. In any case, this has been our first listener roundtable for 2016. Unlike a lot of radio shows out there, the Paracast celebrates having a collection of brilliant listeners who make the Paracast forums the best forums of any paranormal radio show on the planet. Let me tell you more about what we've got going. You can find us on Twitter. If you look for the Paracast, look for the Paracast on Twitter. We have two Paracast fan clubs on Facebook. And one's a group, one's a community. And that makes no sense to me. But somehow, if you're into Facebook, you'll figure that out. We have a second radio show called After the Paracast, available exclusively to subscribers of the Paracast Plus Go to plus.theparacast.com to learn more. This discussion will continue on After the Paracast this week, so you've got to be a subscriber to hear the rest of the story, including what David really thinks about Donald Trump without (laughs) censorship. We're promoting that heavily. We also have other special features on the show, including show transcripts. We're opening up a new channel called Classic Paracast Episodes where we'll have the cleaned-up version of the original episodes of the Paracast going back to 2006, plus.theparacast.com. Thank you, Sue. Thank you, Randall. Thank you, David, for joining us this week on the Paracast. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot, Gene and Chris. Always appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Gene and Chris. Fantastic, and thanks for the chance of coming on here. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.